Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the latest edition of Sports Talk for Myself. This is episode 118 on wonderful Wednesday, May the 3rd, 2023. Thank God for joining me. Should be a tremendous episode. I have in store for you guys so much news out of the sports world. Of course, we're going to get to the Stanley Cup playoff in just a moment. And of course, NBA playoff. And it made me both. Both leagues are in the semifinals. Who advanced? We've seen some tremendous, shocking game seven this past weekend in, 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 in hockey. Um, who advanced to the semifinals and who went home? Unfortunately, wasn't supposed to go home. Who went home and who advanced and did the most unthinkable thing in Stanley Cup playoff and, of course, in NBA. This is the Sports History, and we're going to recap the NFL draft. Who did decent, who did okay, and who didn't, uh, who did absolutely nothing? We will all review that on today's episode of Sports Talk with Marcel. But for right now, we have some unbelievable news out of the college football world. Now, you guys have, you guys have heard, I've expressed it so many times on this show. I am not a fan of the college football expanding to no more than six, eight teams. Now, it's expanded to 12. The college football playoff will be expanded to 12 teams with the start of the 2024 season. That means the upcoming season in 2023 will be the final four-team playoff season of this era. There will be also buzz heading into the 2024 season for the SEC perspective as Texas... And Oklahoma will be entering the entering the conference prior to that season, which will result in a new schedule format to be drafted. All in all, college football as we know it, it is about to shift after the next season. Expanding the playoffs from 4 to 12 will obviously allow for many more teams to have an opportunity to compete for the final trophy at the end of the season as opposed to just a one-off bowl game matchup. There will be always there will always be teams on the top tier like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and USC that could that compete for a zero or a one-loss season and will be contention for one of the final four spots. The playoff expansion through helps out the teams that are just outside of the one-loss tier looking in. Tennessee Volunteers, for example, could go 10-2 with the loss to Georgia and Alabama and still currently be in a running for one of the 12 playoff spots. The playoff expansion allows for a whole lot more conversation regarding matchup and seeding. The announcement for the 2024 and 2025 postseason come from the college football playoff on Tuesday morning. And this is how they have it set up. The first round will happen Friday, December 20th, 2024. You have one game. That's Saturday, December 21st of 2024. You have three games. You have afternoon game and two evening games. Quarterfinals will happen Tuesday, New Year's Eve, December 31st to 2024. And that one game, that Tuesday, and of course, New Year's New Year's Day, Wednesday, January the 1st, 2025, you will have that one game, which will be the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, and you have the Rose Bowl and All-State Sugar Bowl, the evening games. 
the semifinals. You have Thursday, January the 9th, 2025, the Capital One Orange Bowl, that one game that Thursday. And you have the other game that Friday, January the 10th, 2025, Goodyear College Cotton Bowl game. Cotton Bowl Classic. And of course, it all culminate with the Monday, January the 20th, 2025, from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, with the College Football National Championship. And of course, it's the same as for the next season, but the difference is college football would be in Miami Gardens at the Hard Rock, Cars- Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. Only difference. I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not that much bigger fan of the 12 teams, but I, I can understand. I, 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 I tip my cap was credit is due. They got something where at least they giving teams opportunity to get into the college football playoff. I get it. I understand it. It's okay. But am I'm a big, 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 bigger fan of it. Like, would it succeed? I don't know. We just have to wait and see. But for right now perspective, they actually did this. Um, they actually took this season and see what it was, how it was going to look just from this past season. During the 2022 college football postseason, CBS um, complied a great what if regarding a hypothetically 12-team playoff in a sport in the in the, in the sport this past season, and that hypothetically Tennessee they went 10 and 2 this past season. They will have landed at least a number eight seed, and the top four seeds went for the highest ranked conference champions with the rest of the teams field in the sport. So we will have Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, and Utah as the bad teams. The rest of the field will be made up from TCU, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Kansas State, USC, Penn State, and Tulane. They projected will have set Tennessee, who's a, um, a 10-2 team, first round against a Kansas State in Knoxville, and the winner of that game will face the number one seed, Georgia. Now, the way they put it like that is obviously would not it obviously now I can understand this some teams you know they they get hot at the right moment some you know have a hiccup here and there but there's no way you get you telling me uh an eight seed gonna be George a uh, number one seed no matter who it is honestly if it's Georgia Alabama Ohio State I would say them the top three some them the top three schools for the last 10 years and for the next 10 20 years it's easy. They historical schools. There's no way you're gonna sit here and tell me it's a possibility Tennessee can beat Georgia. No way. If you want to think like that, look at the national championship game this year when we all were asleep at halftime because it was so like, okay, this is a blowout. If a top four playoff team couldn't beat the number one team, what makes you think a number eight team is going to do? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. The, 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 the common sense of that. There's no way a number eight is going to be a number one. I don't care. 
I don't care what it is. And in other sports, maybe we seen Miami took care of the Milwaukee Bucks. That's, that's that's understandable. But in college football, are you serious? I can't see that happen. Never. I would never even. I don't. I don't even think it ever will happen. Let's just be honest. They did good just by wanting to add more teams, but as many as twelve, I'm not. I don't know about that one. I honestly don't know about that one. Shifting gears over to the NBA, Joel Embiid said the chances of someone like him, who started playing basketball in his native Karoom at the age of 15. Winning the NBA's Most Valuable Player Award is probably negative zero. But but that is proof that it's impossible doesn't mean improbable doesn't mean impossible. Joel Embiid has been named the winner of the league's top individual honor Tuesday night, claiming 73 of the 100 first place votes finished ahead of Denver I'm Nugget Center, Nika Niko Jokic, who had beaten him for the award in the past two seasons. It's hard to win this, it's hard to win in this league. It's hard to be successful in this league. And B said um after Phillies shoot around at TD Garden ahead of Wednesday night's game, two of the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Celtics. That's the reason why these are the best basketball players in the world. And to be sitting here and feel like I've won something as far as the most valuable player is great. But then again, it's also part of my story because I always felt like I was a role model, especially to my Karuans people and my African people. And I feel like just looking at my story, they can look at it and be like, wow, he did it. Probably the proper built the proper uh, uh, ability of someone like me starting playing basketball at 15 to get a chance to be the MVP of this league. I'll say probably n- negative zero. We don't have a lot of opportunities back in Africa in the general in general to get to this point. But improbable doesn't mean impossible, and you can't accomplish anything you set your mind to. As long as you believe in it, you know it, keep working hard, anything can happen. So congratulations, Joel Embiid, most valuable player. I felt like he was going to win it. Just the simple fact that Nokic didn't play a couple games this past, I believe the past two and a half months. Joel Embiid just been, just tearing it up in the league, man. Honestly, just tearing it up in all, um, all shapes of form in the um the lead over to another team that was eliminated this past weekend uh well past last friday night the memphis grizzlies do not and i repeat do not intend to resign dylan brooks an unrestricted free agency leads towards how confirmed to espn the franchise plans is to move on from brooks a six-year vet who is the second, who is the longest tenor player on the roster, were solidified in the wake of second-round seed Memphis first-round playoff elimination to the Los Angeles Lakers. 
Brooke had a disappointing series, shooting just for 31% from the field as the Lakers defender frequently swagged off him to clout the paint and created dis, um, distractions by calling LeBron old and, de, and de, declaring, I'll poke bears after the Grizzlies game to victory. We're going to take a different approach and as it, as it pertains to trash talk next season. General manager, um, Grizzly general manager said Sunday during the team's exit interviews, you will see a different approach from the this team, but at the same time, confidence is important. There's a line there, certainly. Act significantly about Brooks. GM said, I'll hit on DB another day. Nothing I can nothing I can comment on for now with him going into free agency. So there you have it. Dylan Brooks is the reason why the Memphis Grizzlies lost the, to the seventh seed of the LA Lakers. That's exactly what he just said. Need I say more? Let's, under, let's, let's get this understanding. Dylan Brooks, probably a hell of a trash talk player. A decent player at best. Not one of the greatest all-stars. You know, he, he talks stuff. He talks stuff. You have players of the league that talk, that, talk, that talk smack. But when you actually get 40 put on you in an elimination game, I would not want to talk to the media either. And he also was fined $25,000 for that. Hey, just take the L, man. I, I don't like a sore loser. When you talk in this league, you got to know how to back it up. You just have to. And that was a prime example of when talking, when keeping it real goes wrong. Dillabrook will not be a Memphis Grizzly next season. Over to the most talked about topic for the last couple of days, the Giannis Atacumpo situation when he said his NBA season, this season was not a failure. And I'm going to chop it up for you guys so you guys can understand the word failure, it means exactly what happened. They failed to get out of the first round. But do that mean he's a failure? Absolutely not. Shaq said it himself. Depending on who you talk to, in my opinion, if I felt like I didn't do it every year, I failed. Yes, depending on who you talk to. Charles Barkley said a different approach. It was not a failure. It was probably the one of the most greatest greatest elimination post-interviews post I ever heard in my life. Because it made you do one thing. It made you really think about the word failure. If you didn't achieve at your job, do that make you a failure when you have to go back tomorrow? And he broke it down to the way that nobody ever broke it, broke it down. And one thing that the, the, the some of the things that I really liked about it, the way he, some of the the best the best thing he said to me was sports. In sports, it is not a failure. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes you have good days. Sometimes you have bad days. 
If that is not the most realest thing anybody can say, I don't know what is. It's not a failed season. They just didn't finish the job. They just didn't finish the job. That's my personal opinion about it. Because you have to take into consideration. Just because you want to... And it's and it's every it's it's go for every sports and you can even take the um the, it's a team sport first off, so that means everybody we fail is a team. Now mind you, Giannis did not play two games. Did you think if he would have played those two games, do you think Miami would be in a position that they in to be playing the Knicks? No, I don't think so. So therefore, that season was not a failure. Some unexpected things happened that wasn't that wasn't in the cards for the uh, Miami. Uh, I mean, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis went down that first game. Miami stole that game. But the way Miami lost, I mean, the way Milwaukee lost that game, what game five? Embarrassing. But it was not a failure. I can see if they're talking to individual sports. When you have nobody to rely on but you. Ask Venus and Serena if failure in sports. Is there failure in sports? Because I can guarantee you, they will say, I failed. Because I was the only one capable of winning and losing. It's difference. When you have a team game, and everybody not on the same page, or someone get injured, yeah, Giannis did. You can't just say it's a failure. We didn't have all our PN sports, and we all know injuries happen. They are going to happen. But you cannot say a, a guy's season was a failure just because he didn't achieve. If every, if, 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 if let's put it like this. If you was a, if you knew you was gonna win a title every year, would you still work hard to do what you need to do? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You have to have disappointment times to get to that achievement of what he, Giannis, and the Milwaukee Bucks achieved. They was champion two years ago. And I love the fact that he brought up the 50 years since they won a title in Milwaukee. Was every year a disappointment? No, it was just building steps. It's building steps to this. You cannot just come into the NBA one year and just expect to win. You just can't. You just That's not the mindset. Now, I know some might be have different mindsets. But don't expect to come in the NBA and you're going to win every year. It's just not going to happen. Something gonna happen this year. You gonna hurt this year. One of your key players get hurt this year. You the coach called a bad call. You know, um, made a foul that wasn't a foul. It's just certain things that happens. Uh, that's part of the game that we least expect to happen at a certain time of the game. You cannot call somebody a see somebody sees a fair because oh they was expecting to get paid the first round. Yeah, but they was they was they was of course they was expected to. But that don't mean there's a failed. That's why it's called predictions. It's called predictions. Everyone can be beat on any day. And I'm going to leave it at that. NFL. Um, let's get to the Lamar Jackson situation. 
Um, Lamar Jackson is now is a paid man. He is now is excited. And I saw the video, of course. In a span of a month, quarterback um, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, went from waiting out of Baltimore to signing the largest deal in Raven history. This hit at another of one of Jackson's jaw-dropping spinning moves. After just 27 months of challenging, um, challenging negotiation, Jackson reached a five-year deal with the Ravens this past Thursday, the team announced. The agreement is worth $260 million, a source told ESPN, making Jackson the highest play player in the lead at a $52 million a year. It also included $185 million in guaranteed money, the lead, the source said. Sources previously said that Jackson was seeking the $130 million guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson got from the desperate Cleveland Browns last year. Kyler Murphy received, please, cannot compare Kyler Murphy to Lamar Jackson. Lord Jesus. Received $189.5 million guaranteed in the Cardinals as part of his five-year 230.5. I can... It is ridiculous he got that money because he don't do nothing but play games. Play video games. For the last few months, there has been a lot of said... Um, Jackson said in a video post um, by Ravens on his Twitter account, alone, a lot of nail biting, a lot, a lot of head scratching going on. Jackson held the, up the football with the Ravens logo and said, but for the next five years, it's a lot of flocking going on. And that's what I'm talking about. That was probably the greatest feeling he probably ever felt besides getting drafted. Because they did absolutely tremendous in the draft as well, too. Tremendous in the draft. To, uh, over to an unbelievable story I saw, and I immediately, it was just heartbreaking. It really was heartbreaking. Buccaneers, linebacker. Shaq Barrett's two-year-old daughter, Alayra, drowned in a swimming pool at the family's South Temple home Sunday morning. According to the Temple Police Department, officer responded to Barrett's house in the Beach Park area of Temple just before 9.30 a.m. in reference to a child had fallen into a pool. The child was transported to an area hospital. Despite life-saving measures taken, the child was pronounced deceased at a short time later. That is just so unfortunate, man. Just reading it, I just get the the emotions. It's just it's just sad, man. It really is sad. The investigation is ongoing and is not believed to be suspicious in nature at this time but a purely accidentally and tragic incident according to a statement released by the Tampa Bay Police Department on this this past um, this past um, Sunday Um, we sent our condolences for Shaq Bear and his family 
Um, a very unfortunate situation, man. He have a tremendous family. As I'm looking at a photo he posted on Twitter, um, I believe this was not too long ago, and it's just really, really unfortunate, man. It's really is heartbreaking to have to bury your youngest child. Um, I, I cannot imagine. Very, very unfortunate situation. We're gonna go over and start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I had to take a brief um a, a brief break. That story of Shaq Barrett was just was just a very, very touching a uh, very touching story to hear. Condolences Condolences to him, my brother, and we are praying for you and your family as you go through this difficult time. It, it's it's really a tough. If you know kids like I do, I have kids. I have a two-year-old about to be three, and it's just very unfortunate to see that you look at your kids and you know someone don't have their youngest two-year-old or their youngest child around anymore from an incident like that. So we. We we send our prayers, we send our condolences into the the Barrett family, man. And as he go through this, you know, unfortunate, difficult time, it's it's really is tough. Um, but we're gonna try to move on in NFL with the targets of the May 11th to release the um, schedules. Um, sources told ESPN Adam Schefter on this past Sunday, Commissioner Roger Goodell is scheduling um, um, Howard. Kraft will meet Monday as they continues to try to finalize the schedule. They gain more charity for the task, uh, primarily in scheduling primetime games with the recent trade of quarterback Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Jets, as well as the re-signing of Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. Yeah, um, NFL Vice President of Broadcast Planner Mike North has been leading all the scheduled briefings with Cordell and will continue to do so through the comp, um, completion of the process. NFL officials O'Neal, Bowles, Charlotte, Karen, and Haynes um, Struder also have participation in most of the briefings with Cordell. The NFL season opener will be played on Thursday, September 7th. Traditionally, the reigning defending Super Bowl champs um, will have host that game. Last season, league schedule was this was May 12th. So we will look forward to next week. As I'll be, I'll be reviewing that the week prior, probably episode 120. As because that's a Thursday, I believe that's a Thursday. Um, is it? Yes, yeah, a third. It's a Friday, I believe. It's a Friday. Is it? It's a Thursday, so we'll be reviewing that probably episode 120. Um, to who's have the toughest schedule and stuff like that. Um, let's hop over to the NBA. Um, NBA action last night. Oh, the minutes on the Miami um Heat lost last night against the New York Nets. Um, Jalen Bronson 20 30 points, and um. Martin of the Miami Heat had 20, 20 points. Now let me get into this. The New York Knicks, they did they coming off a good win. Um, coming off a good win like they did last night. I don't believe they. I don't believe they're gonna win this series. I just don't. I believe that. I believe they could lose. 
both games in Miami, to be honest with you. I just think the fact that Jimmy Butler was out last night and you guys still could have lost, it speaks volumes to me. It really do. It really do. I feel like if Jimmy Butler was on that floor, the Knicks would have lost. And they'll be going down to Miami 0-2. Possibly not coming back. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't know what it is about the crowd in Miami for the last couple of games. They've been top-notch. Top-notch. This game going back to Miami, I believe, Saturday night. And the way that game ended last night, I was just watching Jimmy Butler demeanor. And he was just basically telling them, Okay, wait till Saturday. Because that's, that's plenty of time for him to heal that ankle. Heal that ankle, and I got something for you Saturday. Come Saturday and game four, I got something for you. So when game five come in New York next sometime next week, we could be looking at 3-1. And I think it might happen. The LA Lakers win uh go to Golden State Warriors defend the champs and take care of business despite Golden State 14-0 run in that last two minutes. 117 to 112 as the LA Lakers take down the Golden State Warriors. Anthony Davis, 30 points, 20, 23 rebounds. Everybody said this, and I'm going to continuously to say this. If Anthony Davis play like this there is nobody going to beat the Lakers as much as I don't want the Lakers to win a title it's just it, it is what it is if he play like this you just got to give it to him like you know what I, I it's whatever I give it to you I'm not roofing him to win but if he play like this hey it is what it is LeBron James finished off the night with 22 points 2020 um 20 Two points, not 2,023 points. Steph Curry, 27 points. This, I, I love this. I really do. Steph Curry had 27 points. They talk about all of that. But the, what they don't talk about is 10 of 24 from the field. If he maybe would have hit some more threes or two-pointers, maybe this game would have been a little closer or probably would have been in Golden State favor to win a game one. And I don't know what it is about Golden State. They, they they always lose game one for some reason for the last couple of seasons. They always drop game one. And I've really been watching this. They always drop game one. At home. I don't know why. Klay Thompson, another one. 25 points. But he was awful shooting from the field. 9 of 25. They did their thing. But 9 of 25. People want to point to the out, the what the 30, whatever the long, the, the shot selection from Jordan Poole last night. But they don't want to take consideration to the fact that your top two, your top two players did not shoot good from the field last night. They didn't. They absolutely did not. They shot horrible from the field last night. Speaking of Steph Curry, people talking about the 50-point game Sunday. Yeah, maybe this took a lot of out of him from that game to this game. Because if you look at it from my perspective, LeBron had three days to just chill. 
do the shoot around, do the body treatment, tra- um, treatment, whatever. Steph Curry and them had a day, not even a probably not even a full day of that at that. They had a day to prepare for the Lakers at home. It was it's it's, it's it's never a good feeling when you have a day to prepare for uh, a decent team. Uh, a decent team and that 50 points Steph Curry put up let's not act like that's the greatest performance in playoff history please, can we please can we please shine some light on LeBron James and I believe what it was 2007 or yeah, 2007 to 2008 when he scored when he torched the, the, the torch the decent Pistons the, the good good old Pistons back then in overtime, the final at fourth quarter in overtime, that was the greatest performance I've seen in my lifetime. Not ever, but it's the greatest performance I've seen in my lifetime. Of course, Michael Jordan's 63 points is probably the greatest playoff game, but I didn't see that. I wasn't born of those eras. I'm a 90s. I, I love the 90s basketball. I wasn't born in the 90s, but I've watched most of the 90s basketball. And what LeBron did, greatest thing I ever seen, man. Greatest thing I ever seen. Greatest thing I ever seen. The fact that he was that young and he just took the team on his back. So for all the Steph Curry fans out there, all the NBA critics, Stephen A. Smith, it is not the greatest performance in the playoff game. Let's just be honest, please. It's the greatest playoff in a game seven because it wasn't a lot of game sevens like that. It wasn't. And if we being honest, Michael Jordan didn't have a game seven, so let's just take that into consideration, please. Tonight's NBA action, and one thing I don't like about this NBA schedule is this. They have a game tonight, game tomorrow, and a Friday night game. They have one game tonight, one game tomorrow and two games Friday. What's the reason for that? Philly and Boston. Philly, I, I couldn't believe it. They won what this Monday night. They won Monday night in Philly. James Harden showed us like I still have something in that tank. I still have something in the tank. 45 points as they beat the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics cannot, and Shaq said it him best. Shaq said it best. Without Joel and B, you should never, ever lose to this team. Now they have to win for the. They have to win the next two out of three, or it's over. Cause I, I can promise you, and I can promise you this. When Joel Embiid get back, if it's not game two and game three, when they head to Philly, he is going to dominate. He is going to dominate. The fact that he finally got his MVP, that will boost his confidence to a maximum level. Not to believe the Philadelphia Eagles, if, 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 Boston don't get it together, or let's just say this. If they don't win the next two out of three, the series over. And of course, Thursday night, we go back to Golden State, uh, the Warriors, as they try to rebound from game one. 
Game two Thursday, LA Lakers and Golden State Warriors. And of course, Friday night, Boston, Philly, and Philly. Then Denver and Phoenix. What is going on with Phoenix, please? Chris Paul out. It could be a sweep. I'm, I'm, I'm smelling a sweep. I'm smelling a sweep because I don't see what I don't I don't understand. Devin Booker is playing the hardest he ever played, and they still losing. That's when you know it's a problem. And you have some will say probably the top ten, not in my book, top ten NBA greatest player Kevin Durant. He started the, the climb to the t- to the bottom fifty. <laughs> if you ask me, because. You cannot talk that talk in a in a in a in a, in a, in a um in an interview after the game one and say I can't wait for game two and then come game two you lose again. What is going on with the with the Suns, man? It's like I'm telling you, I said this the beginning of the season. That dark cloud is over them. The dark cloud is the owner, the world well, the former owner. But that dark cloud is still all hanging over them. And they won't get right into to the next season. Because this series, some may not say, if, if, if Phoenix don't win the next three out of four, it is for sure. It is for, and they need to win two. They have to win two in Phoenix. They have to win these two. Three and four, you have to win. If you don't, you're going to go to De- Denver. Up, uh, what? Three or three, one? It's, nice. you, it's, it's, it's more likely we can say goodbye to Kevin Durant and the um, Devin Book. And Chris Paul not playing? Big loss. A huge loss. He out for three and four, I believe. I don't think they're going to win the series. I just don't see it happening. They can fight all they want to. I just don't see it happening. NHL. Where's the NHL sheet? NHL. The Florida Panthers. Tremendous upset this past weekend against the Boston Bruins. The the season single season um, wins and points is no longer in the postseason. That is enough shocking to me. The fact that you coming into the season, coming into the Stanley Cup playoff, favorite, highly favorite to win a Stanley Cup. Single season wins, single season points, and you go home in game seven on your home ice. Can you say embarrassing? Not a failure, embarrassing. I honestly think embarrassing is more of a more of a um, more of a word than failure in this situation. Go home and you lose to the Florida Panthers, who went to Toronto last night and won Game One in Toronto, four to two. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Then another team that played last night, the Seattle Kraken, went to the game seven in Colorado and beat the champs two to one. 
the champs is no longer in the Stanley Cup. Toronto took out Tampa. They won't be going to Stanley Cup this year. So all the favorites is out. Colorado, Boston, Tampa Bay. This year, we probably will see first-time Stanley Cup champions. And I believe it could be Seattle and, and um, Las Vegas. I really do. I really do. Las Vegas was there a couple years ago. They lost. Seattle looking hot. They won last night in overtime against the Dallas Stars on the road. I don't know what's going on with the Seattle team. They only been in the league for two, three years, and they all just playing like they just they've been here before. We want it. We want it. The New Jersey the New Jersey Devils took out the New York um, Rangers. They play tomorrow night, game one. I mean tonight, um, game one in um, Carolina against the Hurricane. Actually, on the way right now in the first period, um, Edmonton Oilers. Against they took out the LA Kings, they played the Las Vegas um Golden Knights. I don't believe they will get to game six on that one. Vegas Knights are the favorite now to win a Stanley Cup just because they've been there before. And tomorrow night, Florida and Toronto go again for game two, as well as Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars, and of course, Friday night, reverse of tonight. Um, same as tonight, the New Jersey Devils of Carolina and um, the Edmonton Oilers and the Las Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to get out of here. It's not going to get out of here. We're going to go over to This Day in Sports History. In 1936, New York Yankee Joe DiMaggio makes his major league debut, gets three hits. In 1976, Cleveland Indian Bobby Bonds hits his 300 home run, second to have 300 home runs and 300 stolen bases. In 1986, New York Yankee great Don Mattingly is six to hit three sacrifice flies in a single game. And finally, in 2018, the Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan becomes NFL's first $300 million per season player after agreeing to $150 million contract extension with the Atlanta Falcons. That was this day in sports history. to the MLB earlier we seen the New York Yankees, not Yankees Mets lose to the Detroit Tigers 6-5, um, the Arizona Diamondbacks take care of the Texas um, Rangers 12-7, the San Francisco Giants take care of the champs, Houston Astros 4-2, defeating them 4-2, um, Philly lose a big one against the Dodgers 10-6 and the San Diego Padres took care of the Cincinnati Reds 7-1 MLB action right now. We're in the bottom of the in um top of the third. We have the Atlanta Braves up seven to two over the Miami Marlins. The New York Yankees, I mean Mets, and Tigers are in the bottom of the third of a doubleheader today. Three to zero favorite in Detroit um, Tigers, um, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are on the road against the Tampa Bay, the hottest team in MLB right now. 
Tampa Bay Rays, they are in the bottom of the third tide, one all. The Chicago Cubs are in the national are in the um, nation capital um, um, playing the Nationals. They are up in the top of the second, one to zero. New York Yankees is losing to the Cleveland Guardians two to zero as they in the bottom of the first. The New York, I mean the White Chicago White Sox and the Minnesota Twins are just getting underway. They're in the bottom of the first, tied at zero to zero, as well as Toronto Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox. Tomorrow MLB games is as slated as the Chicago Cubs finish off their um, series and the nation capitals, they go up against the Nationals. The New York Mets finish off their series and Detroit um, against the Tigers. The Pittsburgh Pirates and the Tampa Bay Rays get at it one more time. And the LA Angels are in St. Louis to play the Cardinals for a three-game set. The Baltimore Orioles are in Kansas City to start off their series. Um, And the Minnesota Twins and the White Sox get at it once again. The Milwaukee Brewers are in Colorado to play the Rockies. Seattle Mariners are in Oakland to play the Oakland A's. And the Atlanta Braves are in Miami to play the Marlins. And so as the Toronto Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox. Over to, I believe this is the NFL Draft. The NFL Draft, Bryce Young, of course, overall number one pick. Kudos to him as he head to the Charlotte Panthers. Hopefully, he have a good season. That division is absolutely awful. Um, CJ Stroud, second quarterback off the board. He over to the Houston Texans. Which I love what they did with the third round pick. They traded up to get the third round pick from Arizona to get Will Anderson, a linebacker, Alabama, over to Houston, Texas. There was nobody but the Miko Ryans. I can I can probably promise you that. There was nobody but the head coach, Demico Ryans, got um, Will Anderson. Probably saw himself in it, I guess. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, only started 13 games. I don't, I don't think he would do so good in uh, Indianapolis. I'm, I'm just sorry. That is a bad, a bad roster for him. Bad roster for him. Devin um, Winterspoon, cornerback out of D. Illinois, final I nine. He overseas headed to Seattle with my boy Pete Carroll, and they did sign Bobby Wagner back, so that should be a good veteran leadership in the locker room. Paris Johnson, um, offensive tackle, was so hyped to get dropped by his former father team. The Arizona Cardinals um, dragged him. One one draft I did not like whatsoever, a little bit, um, was Tyreek Wilson, defensive end, from, I believe, um, Texas A&M. He wants to the Las Vegas Raiders. I believe, I, I was, uh, they should have went secondary or offensive line or another position because you don't need any more de- defensive ends. I'm sorry. You have a rookie, hopefully you have a decent season, but I don't think 
he's going to be good to the quarterback that much. The, the defense don't. It's just it's it's good enough to get some wins. Um, Benji Warburson, a tremendous running back. People said he have um, Saquon Broccoli skills. We will see as he got drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. Jalen Carter. Now he's become a little bit more dicey. The Chicago Bears traded up one pick to get him. Why? Why do they do that? Bears, why do you, why do you trade up just one pick just to get just to for the other team to get somebody that you was kind of wanting, but you didn't fit. You felt like it wasn't going to fit your or your fan base um, selection. I don't get it. So Jalen Carter is now over to the Detroit. I mean, not Detroit. Um, defensive tackle going heading over to the Philadelphia Eagles. She'll be a big pickup, but I was wondering why everybody is knocking his off the field issues. I under people have off the field issues. Some of the biggest stars had off the field issues. They wasn't getting, you know passed up on. It just don't make any sense. Then the Chicago Bears drafted Darnell Wright, offensive line from Tennessee. Now, I'm, I was a little upset with this until I saw tape on this guy. Now, mind you, the third overall pick was Will Anderson and um, the linebacker Alabama. Alabama. Alabama did play Tennessee. This past season in Tennessee, um, Darnell Wright was covering Will Anderson. Zero sacks. Zero sacks. I think it was a good pickup for the Bears. Continuously to be, I absolutely love their entire draft pick. They went on all points. They went to every position that it was in necessary need for their organization, for their roster. And I'm really excited for what the Bears have going forward. Christian Gar- um, Gonzalez, cornerback, New England, out of Oregon. I think he could be the next Ty Law. Uh-uh, that's how I'm honest. The guy have tremendous speed, tremendous skill. Probably one of the best one-on-one cornerbacks this upcoming season. I'm telling you, one man to man, I believe he could be a stud. I'm, t- I'm telling you right now. And of course, Baltimore Ravens, another good team. And this draft, they went out, got Zay Flowers from Maryland. I believe it was Maryland or Boston College. Um, put him with Odell Beckham and Lamar Jackson. And you have J.K. Dobbs in the backfield. Tremendous things Baltimore is building. And of course, Philadelphia ended their last pick of the first round getting Nolan Smith um, um, outside linebacker from Alabama. He's now a Philadelphia Eagle. He didn't play too much because of injury, but man, did I see tape on him. This guy have some quickness to him. He have quickness. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to do this, but I promise you when I saw him, I got flashes of Aaron Donald. I got flashes of Aaron Donald. Honest opinion. Honest opinion. So you want you want to call the big winners and losers of the draft? You have to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. They get defensive. They dom. They might dominate this division. I don't see them losing not one game to anybody in that division. 
I just don't see it unless it's a, 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 a game where they rest in players. Losers. The San Francisco 49ers did absolutely nothing. I probably was I was expecting them to try to tr- get Trey Lance traded somewhere to get a uh, uh, get a to go to um, go up in the draft, at least in that first round, first second round, and of course they didn't get a Patriots. They they drafted Gonzalez, but other than that, well they could have got Wills um um the wheel the, the quarterback guy Wills Zep whatever his name was was sitting there all day and then they get drafted. So it was it was amazing how it happened. He didn't get drafted until the next day. Before that day, he didn't get drafted. He, he wasn't coming until the next day. He made that very clear. I'm not coming. All of a sudden, he get drafted by the Tennessee Titans. When the Tennessee Titans could have got, got their lazy behinds up, knowing that they didn't, they have a quarterback that's reliable. Because I'll tell you right now, if you're thinking um, the Willis guy is the answer, you are there wrong. And you, if you, if you even considering keeping Ryan Tannehill or starring him, you tripping. He is not the answer. For the last three, four years, he haven't been the answer. And you ship off all these great players. And you, you, you have you, you. I've never. Seen Tennessee Titans get a get a first round pick, first round pick quarterback. I never seen it, and they could have they they could have they do done. They they could have the, some kind of respect for the organization for the fan base. Congratulations, you get a new stadium, but the new stadium ain't gonna be filled with fans if you have a horrible quarterback. I'm, I'm just I'm just I'm just saying. Ryan Tannehill is not the guy. I'm sorry, he ain't it. I don't know. What they even thinking about keeping a guy on the roster? He ain't it. He is not the quarterback that's gonna lead you to no Super Bowl. I am not buying it, and I'm and I'm sure hoping the Tennessee hopefuls fans is not buying it as well. Over to the um the Steph Curry performance. Once Steph Curry did that 50 game, we talked about it earlier in the show. I'm not going to revisit, but everybody was saying, is he the greatest point guard of all time? Greatest player, top 10 greatest player of all time. Yeah, he's the top 10 greatest player, but he ain't number, he ain't top five. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you my list right now. Michael, without any hesitation, is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the greatest player i ever seen, especially in the 90s. The stuff that he did in the 80s was legendary, but the stuff he did in the 90s, you know, cemented him to me as the greatest of all time. The greatest. I don't believe that I will see anyone greater than him as long as I live. I just honestly believe that. There's nobody going to dominate a decade like he dominated the 90s. I'm, you're just not going to see it anymore. Number two, it's, it's a toss-up between Shaq, I mean, uh, not Shaq, but Kobe and LeBron, you can put some either way, but I have LeBron talent-wise and longevity-wise over Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, number three. My number four probably would be, probably be Kareem or Wilk. Um, Kareem or Wilk, I have Shaq in my top ten. I believe he's number five. If I can find my top five list, I mean my um, top ten list, I had it somewhere around me. If where is that top five? Where is that top ten list? Let's 
So top, um, so Shaq number six, Magic or Bird put seven eight. I have them seven eight. Curry number nine, and of course Bill Russell. I didn't see Bill Russell play. I know eleven championship is amazing. I just didn't see him. I saw the documentary. Kudos to greatness, but I've never see that. Especially when you can take consideration, it was not as much teams, not a lot of competition. And if you being honest with me. I would say Wilt could get the best of him if he didn't have a, 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 a hell of a team over there in Philly. If Bill Russell didn't have a didn't have a team over there in Boston, that Philadelphia 76 team was absolutely garbage. The only person on that team was Wilt. He was the team. Let's be honest. And Curry, number nine. Curry is the ninth greatest player. He already greatest shooter. He always a great shooter. He took that from Reggie. He took that from Reggie. But in some situations, I still rather have Reggie Miller in my, uh, my um, last second. A three-point shooter. I'm sorry. Last shot, my easy. Michael Kobe, easy. We can chop it up any way you want it. Shaq, the most dominated big man i ever seen. I've ever seen. Magic, he know he did what he did. Bird, did what he did. Russell, did what he did. Kareem, Will. Will is in a... Basically, because he's just the the greatest, the probably the greatest stat stats guy you can ever imagine in any sports. In any sports. So that's my top ten. Let's get on to best and worst. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get up, we're going to go over the best and worst of the week. The absolute worst of the week. Boston Brewers, Colorado Avalanche losing in game seven at home. Do we get put out of the Stanley Cup playoff? Can you say, wow. The best of the week is absolutely Giannis, the Greek freak, his post-game interview. People still talk about to this day. You can have your opinions about what's a failure, what's a not a failure, but let me tell you what. He is not a failure. We're absolutely lucky to have him in the league. And if you have a problem with that, you know what to do. That will do it for this episode of Sports Talk with Marcel, um, episode 118. Make sure you be back next week, episode 119, as we continuously to go over the Standing Club playoff, where we at in the NBA playoff and we prepare you guys for the NFL schedule. I believe it's next week. We're going to review that on the 120 episode. It's supposed to be myself. As always, you guys have a good weekend. Be good, be blessed, and be great. See you next week. Peace.